Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Money Talk Radio. This is your host, Nick Augustine. This show is produced by ProServe Public Relations, serving up law, finance, and professionals' public relations and business development campaigns. The production of Money Talk Radio shows is brought to you by ProServe PR and is funded by our event advertising on these shows. We work hard to bring you new and pragmatic content on both our weekly shows, Law Talk Radio on Tuesdays and Money Talk Radio on Thursday afternoons, both shows airing at 4 o'clock Central. Now, today's show is Avoiding Burnout in the Finance Industry with Alexandra Glumak. Alexandra Glumak is a licensed mental health professional, and she has guided individuals through the difficult life circumstances, and as an educator, she works with businesses and municipalities to promote workforce development. Today, we discuss burnout in the world of finance. Now, by way of quick background, Alexandra earned a master's degree in counseling psychology from Illinois State University. She's a national certified counselor, a licensed clinical professional counselor, and registered dual disorder professional in the state of Illinois. Her 20 years of clinical experience includes individual and group psychotherapy, crisis intervention, psychological rehabilitation, chemical dependency, programming, and spiritual psychology. We do welcome callers this afternoon. Again, our programming is always neutral and objective. Your counterpoints are welcome. You can dial 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in our caller queue. That telephone number, again, is 917-889-9732. Now, by way of disclaimer, this is a general information program. The advice shared on this show does not constitute professional advice. Communication with attorneys and finance professionals on this show does not give rise to professional relationships. ProServe PR Talk Radio does not necessarily endorse all the opinions expressed by guests. Finally, all callers are confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved. I want to read you a quick upcoming event before we get started today. I want to let you know that there's still time to sign up for the next event in the Breakfast for Business series workshop, and this series is promoted by Standard Bank. This uh, program on September 13th will be located at the Standard Bank facility on Weber Road in, in Bolingbrook, Illinois. It's again on September 13th from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Mary Erlane is the speaker. She is the Executive Vice President of LMI Riverside, and she presents this workshop titled Avoiding Serial Prospects. Looking back, the signs that were there, your frustration started early, and the sale never closed. Time was wasted on what you thought was a potential client who turned out to be the serial prospect. So in this workshop, you will learn, number one, how to profile and uncover serial prospects. Number two, the skills and techniques that effectively move the prospect from a close or no. And three, how, learn how to move forward and maximize your time profitability. Now, to attend this free event and breakfast, please dial 630-378-9929, extension 61210. That telephone number again is 630-378-9929, extension 61210. Or you can also email Karen Shabel at K-A-R-E-N dot S-H-A-B-E-L at standardbanks.com. Her email again is K-A-R-E-N dot S-H-A-B-E-L at standardbanks.com. Now, for our dialogue for today, burnout is the gradual process by which a person in response to prolonged stress and physical and mental and emotional strain detaches from work and other meaningful relationships. The result is lowered productivity, cynicism, and confusion, a feeling of being drained and having nothing more to give. Now, today we're going to talk about, number one, the stages of burnout, number two, the causes of burnout, number three, the consequences of burnout, and finally, number four, how to practice some empowerment activities. So we want to say hello to Alexandra. Are you on the line? I'm here. 
Oh, great. Wonderful. Um, Alexander, as we get started, the first thing I'd like to let you do is talk a little bit about another upcoming event, um, the Dealing with Difficult Customers uh, workshop that's going to be on Wednesday, September 28th, located and hosted at the Naperville Country Club. Alexander, tell us a little bit more about that event. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that event is uh, also through uh, Leadership Management Institute, Riverside, LMI Riverside. And uh, what we're doing there is uh, talking specifically about how to manage hostile customers, uh, specifically those individuals who can press that last button and uh, cause uh, the customer service representative or the employee or whomever to perhaps not handle the situation in the best way. Uh, I have specific uh, strategies and um, some great ideas on how to handle those uh, individuals who could uh, certainly have the potential for um, a showdown of sorts, if you will. Right, right. Well, it sounds like a really good program. And so for registration, again, what do people do? Uh, as, as I believe, um, I don't have, believe it or not, I don't have that flyer in front of me, but um, they can certainly contact me. Uh, I'm going to give you my email address. It's Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A dot G at Comcast dot net. And that's probably the easiest way to get information, and I can certainly uh, give some more uh, details about the event if needed. All right, perfect. Well, I thank you for sharing that. Sure. Uh, these events are, are so good. I love all the workshops that everyone puts on because these are real pragmatic, hit-the-ground-running things that we can do in our regular daily business lives to address um, so many of our business concerns. Absolutely. And burnout, yeah, and burnout is specifically one of them. And um, this show being the Money Talk radio show, uh, our audience is uh, you know, many finance industry professionals and <laughs> certainly the volatility in markets and everything else in the world of finance uh, can certainly cause some burnout. So let's mm -hmm. first talk about uh, the stages of burnout and what these are because okay. I think many of us don't really know. I mean, we can maybe feel stressed, but uh, I don't think some people, sometimes there's so much going on. If you don't take a break, um, things get overwhelming. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say. Absolutely. Um, first of all, it's it's important to recognize that burnout is a real thing. Uh, we might use that term very loosely and say, oh I'm, oh, I'm so burnt out at work, or I'm so burnt out on this, I'm burnt out on school, and so on. And it can be used very loosely, but it actually has a very, very serious connotation to it. Um, it's something that could leave, if untreated, it could really lead to some very serious mental, mental problems, including uh, depression, chemical dependency, anxiety, and so on. So I really want our listeners to take this seriously because if it is something that is not dealt with appropriately, it could lead to some very serious consequences, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but in terms of starting out as, as these stages and symptoms go, uh, what we start off with is the honeymoon. And everybody knows about the honeymoon stage. Life is lovely. It's just dandy. Everything's going well. We love our coworkers. We love our new job. We, we think everything's great. We're excited about the future. We're anticipating only good things happening. And we really do have a, generally a very positive attitude about life, about the job, about um, the future, and, and so on. So that sounds like not a bad place to be, right? Well, a lot of times in the honeymoon period, we have um, expectations that are maybe a little bit too lofty. Uh, perhaps we're not really seeing things as they are. We've got those rose-colored glasses on. So we're not maybe as clear about what's, what's reality as, as uh, we should be. 
So the honeymoon period then leads into what's called the awakening. And the awakening is where your eyes start to open and you're seeing things a little bit more realistically. Uh, Perhaps you're recognizing that your expectations were too high. Perhaps you're starting to realize that you really can't do what you set out to do in terms of goals and and things like that. Uh, You're starting to feel a little bit irritated, a little bit uncomfortable. Nothing major, nothing too bad, but you're just really starting to become aware aware that it's not as great as it seemed to be. Then we get into the brownout phase, which is is really the start of of something that could be very serious. In the brownout phase, we're starting to really have um, our expectations and our jobs and relationships are, are really starting to affect us emotionally. We might find ourselves kind of down in the dumps. We might see ourselves uh, as more anxious or maybe not as productive. Um, we're not as hopeful. We're, we're not as optimistic. In fact, in fact, we're we're quite pessimistic, and and we're starting not to be excited about things. We're not looking forward to going to work. Uh, in fact, it's something that that maybe uh, that those Sunday blues really start to come in. And uh, once Sunday gets here, um, Sunday's a bad day. Even though Sunday's a day off for most people, uh, it's not a good day because the anticipation of going to work the next day is certainly not a uh, a positive one. And so with brownout, we're starting to see some of, of these um, negative moods kind of creep in, and we're also seeing uh, some difficulties in our relationships, maybe with our coworkers and or perhaps even uh, those that we live with, those that we're closest to. Uh, we start to see that maybe we're not putting in the quality of work that we would normally put into, um, you know, the... the um, you know, we're missing assignments or we're not getting things done on time or or we're certainly, again, not putting the quality in. So the brownout phase actually can be quite problematic also because this behavior is also something that uh, others start to see. Uh, our coworkers start to see it. Our bosses start to see it. Our family members start to see it and may even comment on, you know, you don't seem yourself. Uh, you seem very tired. You seem distracted. And uh, so there are some problems that come in the brownout phase. Now, if nothing is done during brownout, meaning that you don't take control of the reins and start doing things to reverse the process, you're going to end up in the fourth stage of burnout, which is called full-scale burnout. And this is where it's really bad. And I'm talking... I'm talking like you need intervention bad, where um, you get to the point where you're so depressed that you cannot um, really function as well as as you used to. Uh, Perhaps you're sleeping more than usual. You're so fatigued. Uh, The energy level to do even the most simple of tasks, like maybe cleaning the house or taking the kids to the park or just seeing your friends, uh, actually becomes problematic as well. Um, In full-scale burnout, uh, there might be appetite uh, disturbances. You've lost your appetite or because of anxiety and and fatigue, maybe you start to overindulge too much. Also, in full-scale burnout, we see uh, a reliance on maybe other types of of, um, stimuli to get us going. Perhaps we start... Uh, maybe drinking a little bit too much or relying on too much caffeine or or perhaps we start to kind of overindulge in, in some other things that aren't very good for us. In full-scale burnout, 
we are having a lot of trouble making decisions. We uh, certainly don't have a, a positive attitude either. Uh, we're very pessimistic, and we just, you know, are really struggling to keep our head above water. And as I mentioned before, if it's not taken care of, it can turn into a very, very serious serious thing. Uh, and this is where, what happens with full-scale burnout, is that it could, without intervention, could turn into a full-blown depression or some sort of addiction or some sort of anxiety or other, other things. Even uh, leading into some medical illnesses, there's certainly enough research out there that supports that the mental and the physical are very much connected and that our minds do have um, an effect on what our body does. And so chances are with uh, the full-scale burnout, we start to get sick more. You know, we're catching flus quicker. Uh, we're also prone to accidents when we're in full-scale burnout as well. Uh, simple things, tripping down the stairs, falling on ice, uh, things like that. You might not realize it, but um, our bodies are vulnerable when we're in full-scale burnout. But it's not always, it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm painting a picture that sounds pretty bad, which, which is bad, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but out of that burnout can come what's called the, the fifth stage of burnout, and that's the phoenix phenomenon. And the phoenix phenomenon is basically rising from those ashes. It's literally pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. It's, it's getting intervention. It's getting help. It's taking advantage of the resources that are available out there and trying to change things for yourself. Because the, the burnout isn't going to go away unless you do something about it. It's not going to just magically you know, disappear one morning. It's something that you have to take control of before it takes control of you. And I say all these things um, heartfelt because I went through this. I worked in the mental health field for close to 20 years, and although I loved my, my clients and I certainly loved my colleagues and, and who I worked for, um, I was getting to the point that, that my heart just wasn't in it as much anymore. And the awakening had been around for quite a few years. The brownout certainly lingered for a while. But in those last couple of years of, of working in the field, I was full-scale burnout. Like, family doesn't want to be around me anymore. <laughs> I didn't want to be around me anymore because I just couldn't, you know, think a positive thought to save my life. And I was a clinician. You know, I was somebody who was supposed to be helping these individuals. So um, I actually reinvented myself and, and changed some, a few things around, and I've, I've left the field, although I'm still a licensed clinician and I still uh, you know, continue to put a clinician hat out from time to time, but I uh, focus my energies now on teaching and training, which is where I'm at uh, now in my career. So that, in a nutshell, are, are the stages of, of burnout, and again, just can't reiterate enough that um, it's, it's something that actually can be the impetus for change if yeah. you allow it to be too. Right. I know it's it's kind of scary. Listen, I suppose all of us listening think, oh, I've kind of felt like that. Oh, maybe, wait a second, do I have an issue? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do I have a problem here? Um, and, you know, I know that myself, um, I come out of family law originally, and my problem, you know, a problem or issue, you know, no one ever wants to say that a problem or issue, but there's it's so it's meant it's very mentally and emotionally overcoming at times mm -hmm. and it never turns off and you have people who I mean, there's a lot of lawyers also suffer from a lot of these problems as well as finance people and you know you have people's lives in your hands and with so many of the professions it's very hard to separate uh, from that and it you know it, it's tough and I know that myself at, at age 35 
I've been around the block enough. I know that I know what my my stress points are. I know what my mm-hmm. triggers are. I know what situations are are good for me from a mental health perspective and what are not. And I've tried. I've also made some changes. But I again, I don't think that you see it when it's happening. And right. I know that there was a time that I was so frustrated with what I wanted to do professionally, and I'm so happy now. And I, it's just why couldn't I get to that place earlier? And so I think that again, this is a real uh, difficult thing for people to even to spot. So before we go to our first break, and I read another uh, event that's coming up, what's a good resource if someone thinks that they're having a problem? Where should they? Are, what are some good resource websites or places to go uh, for more information? Well, first of all, I think it's really important that if if you work for a company that has an employee assistance program, an EAP program, that you seek that out first because that's something that the company is providing for you that's free of charge to you, so it's a wonderful resource. It could save you lots of money. Um, an EAP is, is usually provided by a licensed clinician, so you're talking about somebody who is very qualified to provide uh, that sort of service and, and support. And um, after you see the EAP, if they feel that you need continued care, uh, you need to, you know, continue talking to somebody, then they'll they'll refer on and so on. Um, there are plenty of uh, websites out there also that address burnout. Um, as far as uh, specific ones, um, I, you know, that's what Google's for. Google is great as, as far as just um, typing in burnout and, and support and seeing what you come up with there. Uh, so those would be some of my suggestions for now. Perfect. I appreciate that. Sure. We're going to pause and uh, come back with Alexander in a moment. We're going to pause for uh, some event messages. First one I want to tell you about is the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois' West Suburban Practice Group has their open house coming up. So if you're in DuPage County on September 22, 2011, you should consider attending the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois West Suburban Practice Group annual open house. And you can come to Carlucci's Restaurant in Lombard at the intersection of Interstate 355 and Butterfield Road. Uh, the event is from 5 to 7 p.m. You can meet the attorneys, financial, and mental health professionals who team up to provide collaborative divorce solutions. Again, this is the Collaborative Law Institute. is a family law, uh, Collaborative Law Institute. And guests who attend will include professionals who might want to become collaborative fellows, as well as some family law judges from the DuPage Family Law Division, as well as affiliate professionals who are utilized in the collaborative process. For your inf- invitation to this event, uh, please email Email Connie Walsh at Connie, C-O-N-N-I-E, at YourFinancialDivorce.com. That email, again, is Connie at YourFinancialDivorce.com. Now, as far as event advertising, ProServe Public Relations here serves up nationwide law, finance, and PR services for public relations uh, for law and finance industry, and we work tirelessly at promoting our clients, speaking engagements, networking events, educational series, and webinars. So if you have an event that you want to promote, we can add advertise your event here on Law Talk Radio and our other communication channels and help spread the word. So you can give us a call anytime at 312-505-2604. Again, 312-505-2604 and see how we can help attract people to your event. Now, as we get back to our program, we want to remind people that if you have guest suggestions for either a Law Talk Radio broadcast or a Money Talk Radio broadcast, again, they are on Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock respectively, let us know by dropping a note on our website or on our Facebook 
page. We have a Facebook page for both. Simply search for uh, Money Talk Radio in the Google uh, search bar or on Facebook under the search tab there. So uh, do share our, your ideas. We do use our uh, use our comments from our all of our guests to uh, produce great programming. So moving back to our discussion with um, Alexander here, we're now going to talk a little bit about the causes of burnout. So let's hear it. Okay. Uh, there's so many different ones, and everybody has their own specific uh, issues and problems and so on that they're dealing with. But some of the ones that I've heard a lot, uh, very common things, include, especially where work is concerned, with a lack of appreciation and recognition, where they don't feel that coworkers or supervisors or managers or CEOs or company executives are really giving them the attaboy and attagirl uh, that they need. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be any great celebration of, of um, uh, you know, of successes or anything like that, but just the typical, like, hey, you did a good job or, um, you know, something that was just announced in a staff meeting. Uh, so a lot of times it's, it's even just the, the lack of appreciation and recognition that gets us really kind of bummed out. Uh, oftentimes, and I think I think everybody's anybody who's listening right now is going to be shaking their head profusely. It's the work and responsibility overload, and we're not talking just about at work work, but we're talking also about home responsibilities. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by uh, individuals uh, in my own immediate family. My sister, for one, who is uh, the single mom of, of three small children. Uh, she's in school full time. She's changing her career. Um, so she is constantly either at um, my nephew's school, and in addition to her own school, uh, the, twi- uh, the we have two little twins uh, that aren't even three yet, and it's back and forth to preschool for them, and hockey practice for the other one, and and uh, this, that, and the other, and and it's just absolutely. I don't even know how she does it, to be honest with you. Um, so you take that with with a professional who's juggling all of those responsibilities, and it gets to be pretty pretty uh, excessive. Um, a lot of times, too, on a, on a kind of a mental note here, um, our expectations are too high. Um, not only our expectations of ourselves, and sometimes we tend to think of ourselves as Superman or Superwoman, and we're trying to do it all, and, and you know, in record time, but also we have some expectations of others that might be really questionable. We tend to assume things about other people. We tend to um, believe that people should be behaving in a certain way, and we get frustrated when they don't. And uh, a lot of times that could also lead to burnout. Uh, also, our time management could maybe need some tweaking there, and our problem-solving skills may not be up to par as well. And if we're not using our time well, if we're just all over the place and we're not organized and we don't have a sense of, of structure and, and so on, that could lead to uh, exhaustion. And then if our problem-solving skills aren't aren't very good either, if we're finding ourselves in constant conflicts with family members or, co- or um, uh, colleagues or friends and, and so on, uh, that's going to also uh, have bearing on us as well. Believe it or not, uh, boredom can be a cause of burnout. Um, when you're not being challenged, uh, when your work is not in alignment with uh, what your professional and personal goals and desires are, if you're if you're really just sitting at work and it's just not uh, stimulating you anymore, that can get very, very frustrating and, and very exhausting as well. If there's uh, trust issues uh, going on between you and uh, your employer or your manager or supervisor or even at home, 
that's something else that can be a cause of burnout because that takes up so much of your mental time. So much thinking goes into these types of issues, and the thinking alone is exhausting. And, and if you're anything like me, I can think things to death, and actually it, could put me, you know, it might not keep me awake. It might put me to sleep because it's so tiring to be thinking about that stuff all the time. Can I jump in and tell you one of the Absolutely. things that we suffer from as a sole practitioner myself? Um, there's a, there is a paralysis by solo practitioner out there syndrome. And mm-hmm. it's because, it, you know, and I'm thinking of a few people, uh, you know, where you don't hear back from someone, you know, you start to think, oh, the person's mad at me or, oh, this is going wrong or this. And it's just snap out of it because mm-hmm. you don't have other external stimuli to you know, take you away from it. We just, our minds tend to travel and wander. And you know what I do uh, is I'll, I always have um, my laptop open and I've got Bloomberg TV on and the people running around on the floors in the tree and uh, in the pits <laughs> seem mm-hmm. to give me some sort of solace. I'm like, I feel like I'm right there with them. I know it sounds kind of silly, but you have to, no. it seems like you got to create an artificial environment sometimes to avoid some of those things. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, to- I can't agree with you more on that. Most definitely. And um, I, I think if you're a solo practitioner, like you're saying, too, um, it, it's kind of got its pros and cons where burnout is concerned because you have to rely on yourself, which could be a good thing, and you have to rely on yourself, which could be a not-so-good thing. <laughs> so it's kind of like that double-edged sword where you're responsible for yourself, but at the same time you don't have somebody there to kind of crack the whip, crack the whip, if you will, or uh, bounce ideas off of, and, and so on. And so, I, I think that 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 could could be problematic, but it also could be a good thing too. Well, you need Mary Orlane to crack the whip. She's good at that. There you so. go. Um, but <laughs> and you know, and some of she is a whip cracker. <laughs> some of the things, <laughs> you know, it's interesting what you say too about the could be a good thing, could be a bad thing on the solo end because I know there are times when I just feel like I'm hitting a wall where I have so much to do, I can't decide what to do first if I you know I normally I'll plan my days out ahead of time but sometimes you just have to unplug and say I'm going to go take a walk I'm going to go to mm-hmm. I did that this afternoon I went to Starbucks um, you know, had an informal meeting with a, an associate of mine, and, and it, it was good. You know, you need to step away from it sometimes, but that means now you've got to carry it over into the evening. So it just Definitely. seems like a, it's always a battle that just never ends. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the strategies, because I can't say enough about the importance of taking breaks. That is just, it's, it's really, um, it's like the life preserver that you need. You know, we all, we all know that in choppy waters you can't hold on without a life preserver. Well, you know what, when when it's really choppy and, and you're having some bad times, taking those little breaks now and again for, you know, different scenery, change of pace, things like that, it really can be uh, quite a lifesaver. Um, getting back to um, some of the causes of, of burnout, um, we also uh, have in here, um, uh, basically if there's um, – a lack of, of opportunity for, for one to uh, express themselves. Um, if you're always, um, if you're unable to say your piece, if you're unable to uh, give your opinion, if you're unable to express your feelings, all of that is energy that's not getting out. It's, it's like the, uh, um, you know, shaking of the pop bottle with all of that fizz inside. Um, you shake it, shake it, shake it, and when it finally, you know, opens up, it bursts open. And and that's the same thing with, with not having opportunities to really express yourself. And it's it's not even so much the verbal expression, 
but how are you expressing your personality? How are you expressing um, what you love? Are you able to to do that in in your job? Um, and that's one of the reasons that that I jumped from the mental health field to the field of education is because my passion is teaching. I absolutely love teaching. I love being in front of a classroom. I love seeing my students get excited about what they're learning. And I wasn't able to do that when I was working in the mental health field. I did it when I could train, when I was training uh, my my uh, staff on something, but but not in the traditional sense of what I was doing. And so if you're not really aligned with what you're, what's really in your heart to do with your life, that could also be a big cause of burnout. And and that's one of the things that, that I really learned the hard way. And But I have to also say, too, that now that I am aligned and now that I'm doing what I love, um, there is no burnout for me. I mean, not that I don't have a bad day and not that I don't get it discouraged and not that I don't, you know, sometimes just kind of like want to scream, but um, it's very different experience than, than being burnt out where, you, you don't want to get up in the morning and you don't even want to do your work and you don't want to face the day. Very, very different experience. Right, I'm sure. And uh, we're talking about having yourself aligned and finding it, t- it takes, uh, you know, I write I write my column for the Attorneys in Transition site for Law Bulletin and it's, it's challenging sometimes to come up with ways to continue to motivate uh, people who are in a job transition. And uh, sometimes I do talk about this this idea of aligning yourself and figuring out what you're good at when you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, it took me 10 years, uh, yeah. 10 years out of law school to figure out that I like the law, I like the legal industry, I like to work in litigation, but I don't want, I don't want the stress of people's mm-hmm. personal liabilities. And what I like doing is connecting people, you know, and I, I did work in staffing and recruiting and, um, you know, but that was stressful too because um, you can't always control the deal and Mm -hmm. there's just so many things involved but now as a publicist I have the ability to take my you know wonderful niche clients and help increase awareness about them help connect them with other people Mm -hmm. and just setting up um, you know I had a phone call this afternoon with people I'm setting up for an ABA presentation on um, you know on cloud computing and safe flying in the cloud and it's just really nice to find some you know you have an expert all these experts with wonderful expertise and you just par- put them together and um, they deliver great content and it's just I'm helping people find each other mm-hmm. and I mean really in a sense that's you know and obviously the, the there's other other work that goes along with it um, but it's just making those connections and it took me so many years to figure out what I had done um, right after law school going and working in entertainment you know music management in LA is all trying to get the next indie band um, to go to the meeting with the next person who could open an opportunity for them to um, hit it big or get a you know more relationships and it's so funny because it took years for me to identify that skill set and what I really enjoyed and then apply it to, to different things and there's mm-hmm. bumps along the road um, different twists and turns and you just I, I I I don't know it seems like you just have to keep reinventing your skill set and try to see what do I like what am I right. you know identifying com- compartmentalizing um, absolutely. Absolutely, and and there's there isn't any age. Let me just say that too. There's no age that you, that this is like not for you. You can do this any time. I was in the mental health field for nearly 20 years, um, you know. So it was five years ago that I actually took the leap, that I quit my job, my very steady job with benefits and a good salary and all of that. I quit and I jumped without the net, but the net appeared, and. Um, 
you know, I was I was very blessed. I, um, you know, got into South Suburban College where I'm at right now as a workforce development special workforce development specialist. So I do a lot of training uh, for the department and for the college, and I, you know, continue teaching at two universities at Governor State and also at University of Saint Francis. I'm, I I love what I do, and I love the um, variety of what I do. But I was I stayed stuck uh, in in where I was because I was very fearful. I'm going to be quite honest. I was very fearful that I wasn't going to be able to find something else and something that I truly loved. I wasn't really believing that that it existed. You know, a job that I could love existed. And um, but my God bless my mom. It's my mom. It, it's it, you know my whole family. But my mom especially just was was always just it's going to work out. It's going to work out. And and she she couldn't have been more right. I mean, she really couldn't have been more right, and I can't be more um, blessed to have to have my family who supported me in my transition. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how many people are there who support us, and um, you know they sometimes don't know the daily stresses that we're going through. They don't know why or how or what, but they can certainly identify uh, opportunities and 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 help out. And sometimes that net is there. You just you can't see it sometimes. Right. Is it cognitive dissonance? You're just too close mm-hmm. to it. Um, and you know, I know that you know, as my, it, it's it's so funny. I can spot all you know so many different nets. But I, I think it's really helpful once you make that transition. You really can take a lot from um, you know from a previous uh, career Absolutely. and take a lot and, and move it into the new. And and that's where it's the most valuable. I don't know how I would ever uh, serve. Of the the legal community with great public relations services, I didn't understand the practice areas. Absolutely, um, you know, from being in them on uh, a substantive level. So um, you you couldn't you couldn't be more right, Nick. I um again, if I didn't have that background of mental health, I couldn't do the types of trainings and teach the classes that I teach now. Uh, so that was preparing me. Um, I, you know, I thought it was the career, but then as I as it as I went on, it, it I realized that it wasn't the career. Um, that this is the career, teaching is the career. And you'd think I would have known that. Both my parents are teachers. You know, right. they both are retired, but you'd think I would have figured that out before. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and the other thing that I just want to mention, too, is we were ca- talking about causes of burnout. One of my big causes was trying to control the uncontrollable. Um, you, that's that's something that you really have to reconcile in your mind and let go of because there's so many things out of our control and I was trying so hard to hold on to something that I really had no business trying to hold on to. Yeah. Um, so many things out of my control. And when I let go of that control, things started to change in my favor. So right. just a little tidbit there. Yeah, same. I had a similar experience when you know when I started my agency, we were law only, and expanding to the world of finance, I learned all sorts of things uh, from the client perspective of what types of things that they want to do from a business angle, and found that a lot of lawyers really liked what we were doing. So, um, you know, it's interesting that I felt like I kept hitting roadblocks, and then. By walking away from the model and reinventing it, now all of a sudden there's a clean path ahead. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to take those risks and you just have to do it. So we're going to mm-hmm. pause quickly for another uh, event message, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little more with uh, Alexander. Can you pronounce your last name in case sure, I heard it before? Sure, it's Glumac. Oh, it is Glumac. Okay. Glumac. All mm-hmm. right. Perfect. So we're going to talk about the consequences of burnout in just a moment. First, I want to tell you about an upcoming event from the ABA Law Practice Management section, um, ALI 
slash ABA presents the co it's co sponsored with the ABA Law Practice Management section. The uh, the seminar is called Drafting and Implementing Ethical Law Firm Technology Policies. Now, with the onslaught of new technologies in law practice, including the dizzying array of smart devices and social networking opportunities, responsible technology management is an imperative for all firms. I'll quickly stress that this is also you know this ABA is tended for lawyers, but for finance firms this is also uh, this is also good information. Now, the faculty presenting this interactive seminar includes Michael Downey of Armstrong Teasdale in St. Louis, Marcus Harris of Marcus Stephen Harris LLC in Chicago, and Brent Kidwell of Jenner and Block also in Chicago. Mark your calendar. This live telephone seminar will take place on Tuesday, September 20th from noon to 1.30 Central. You can find more about this event online by visiting www.ali hyphen aba.org again ali hyphen aba.org and you can also search for the event in google the event's name again is drafting and implementing ethical law firm technology policies again these are good technology policies to uh, correct and save us from liability issues and insurance issues so uh, while the main uh, thrust here is, is law this also applies to the finance community so i wanted to let you know about that um, and we also want to remind our listeners before we get back to our program here to share our broadcast links in your social networks. Many people find our shows through their friends' Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages. Again, the viral power of social media uh, helps us share these great shows with so many people who uh, really enjoy uh, the great content. We also thank you for all your support in sharing our programming. Big Back to our show, we're going to talk a little bit more about burnout. Let's hear now about some of the consequences of burnout. Okay. Well, first of all, I think what what was very clear for me when I was burnt out was that my work performance, um, you know, was a little bit shoddy. Um, I wasn't getting things. Uh, it wasn't that I wasn't getting things done on time. It was more so I really didn't put my all into it. So the quality could have been better. So our work performance starts to change. Uh, you know, again, we're not um, the quality is is becomes uh, a little bit questionable there. Then also, I think, second to that is that our relationships start to change. Uh, perhaps we are um, not treating our clients fairly or we're not uh, really customer service driven as much as we used to be, so we're not taking the time to give to our customers what they need. Uh, perhaps we are a little bit um, irritated uh, with our uh, colleagues, and so those relationships start to uh, have some problems too, and then it leaks over to home. You know, we be, have relationship distress in the home. Uh, we're not getting along with those that we live with. Uh, perhaps we start to even pull away from those relationships as well. You know, we're not giving uh, giving them the energy that we would give them. Uh, you know, if you're coming home and you are absolutely just toast and you don't have anything to give, you know, you're not going to, you know, take the extra time to go play ball with your kid or you're not going to, you know, want to sit and listen to your spouse's day or uh, you're certainly not going to maybe engage in, in some um, social activities with your colleagues. So the relationships certainly start to uh, to, to uh, change there, too. Um, with our attitude, uh, that becomes very apathetic. We have a lot of unhealthy detachments from, uh, again, like I said, from people, 
from activities that we used to enjoy. Uh, you know, if we were involved in some sort of maybe philanthropic organization or we have a hobby or something, perhaps we don't um, go to those meetings anymore. We don't uh, commit to uh, events and activities and things. And we're just basically, again, with our attitude, it's just very apath- um, apathetic. It's just I don't want to do anything. I've got no interest, and I don't care. Uh, and that's the kind of the scary thing about burnout is you really do get to a point where you don't care. You don't care that you're hurting people's feelings. You don't care that you're not getting your work done. You don't care that, you know, you um, you know are not taking care of yourself as, as well as you could and so on. And, and that can be very, very problematic. Um, we also have a sense of uh, incompetence that comes from uh, being burnt out. Um, we don't feel as though uh, not only are we smart enough to do the job, but even uh, what leaks in there, too, is, is sometimes we don't feel like we deserve uh, to be happy. Um, you know, we're feeling very, very worthless. We're feeling very, very powerlessness. We don't feel like we even have what it takes to be successful in our jobs. Uh, we start to get very, again, pessimistic about the future. Again, I was just, I was convinced that, that I was just going to be stuck for the rest of my life, and I didn't realize that there was a life beyond mental health. <laughs> you know, I, I really didn't know that that um, what I could do what I love to do for a living in the way that I'm doing it now. I didn't know that that existed. So that sense of incompetence can can be something that uh, happens as a result of burnout. Um our resentments grow. We become very resentful of other people who are successful. Uh, we can call it jealous too. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but the resentment is there, and um, you know we're we're resenting people that seem happy. We're resenting people that seem to be more successful than us, which of course is going to lead to uh, problems in relationships again. So that's going to you know have an effect on uh, the quality of our relationships. Um, another consequence of burnout is engagement in any type of addictive behaviors. Um, everybody knows about um, substance abuse. You know that includes alcohol and marijuana and prescription drugs and uh, illegal drugs. You know everybody knows about um, substance abuse, but there's also something called process addictions, which are just really off the charts these days. And the process addiction is basically um, not an addiction of a substance, but an addiction of a behavior. So we're talking about um, compulsive shopping, gambling, Internet use, uh, um, you know, anything that is an an actual um, behavior. Uh, We start to engage in these these, uh, behaviors more because they give us a temporary reprieve from how bad we're feeling. Uh, even though alcohol is a depressant, um, everybody knows that when you get drunk, um, you know, you, you tend to be a little, well, most people are happy, although there's some really not so <laughs> nice uh, people or not so nice drunks out there that, that tend to behave very um, obnoxiously. But um, a lot of times it, it just gives us a break. Uh, you know, being on the Internet for two hours gives us a break. Uh, going out shopping and buying things that we don't need, there's some sort of high that comes in that. And, and certainly uh, research has showed that we do have brain changes uh, within our the neurotransmitters in our brain that, um, you know, that, that occur when we're engaging in these types of process addictions. And so we see a high high level of, addict, of, of addictive behavior starting to come out when individuals are are uh, in burnout as well. Um, in addition to 
um, again, some physical things that occur. Um, we tend to get sicker. Uh, so perhaps if you're prone to migraines, you're having more migraines. If you've got ulcers, you've got stomach problems. If, uh, you know, you, you carry your stress in your back and in your shoulders, you might start getting more backaches, uh, you know, more than usual. Um, and again, your general health is affected as well. You start to get flu more often, or if you're prone to uh, certain illnesses like maybe bronchitis or, um, you know, something something along those lines, uh, you know, you end up getting sicker more than usual. Um, and also just exhaustion, just utter exhaustion where, again, you, getting out of bed is a difficult process. Oh, don't even think about wanting to work out or anything remotely like that because that's not going to happen when you're burnt out. Um, usually you just you, you just want to plop on the couch and, and zone out as soon as you get home or you want to uh, go and, you know, lock yourself in your bedroom and not even talk to anybody. Um, and then, like I said earlier when we first started the discussion, then it, this, is, this is really turning into a, a major depression, a, a depression that requires some sort of intervention, whether it's by a therapist or by a, um, a group of some kind of support group or, or perhaps even by a psychiatrist. It might mean um, that uh, temporary medicine is necessary, um, you know, hopefully not, uh, but, but that is certainly um, an availability uh, if the burnout should become so bad. So it's it really has some some very serious consequences, and I, you know, and with the depression, and and especially now with um, there's been, um, I'm a big we're big hockey fans in my house, and and um, in the news was a recent ho- a hockey player that just committed suicide, and uh, an active hockey player that committed suicide, and um, in the NHL, and um, you know, so it's it's real, and and certainly burnout could could lead to the depression, which could give rise to uh, thoughts of suicide. Yeah. So, uh, so you got to take it seriously. I've always, you know, thought about. Um, I've heard people talk about uh, reports they've seen about suicide. I remember something that my father always told me was that um, he read something where pe- people, statistically, people who jump from bridges, almost those who survive their jumps and their attempts, will report that shortly after they decided there's something else I could have done. This is not, you know, uh-oh, what did mm-hmm. I do? You know, and I always say, you know, I don't understand, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Absolutely. If things are that bad, you could always pick up and move to Mexico and work at a surf shop. You know, I say jokingly, but again, I don't, you know, people aren't, people who are having these issues are, you know, at a temporary disability and they're not in their right mind and they're not making logical, um, you know, logical decisions. And I think that the... You know, from what my, from what I've just observed as a person walking this earth, is that people are so afraid that there's something wrong with them, they don't want to be, um, you know, on a, a regimen of pills and therapy for the rest of their lives. But I, I, I really think there are just temporary problems. It's just like if our car is making a weird sound and not working right, get it looked at. You know, mm-hmm. if you're making weird <laughs> sounds and you know, if things are happening with a person, go get, you know, ask for help. You know, you might, you know, who knows what you'll uh, uncover. I mean, you might be you might be sick and have um, you know some malady that you don't even know about that's affecting you sure. mentally. So I mean, it's it's our, our you know so much of our um, cognition we're not aware of, um, 
you know, is people generally. So it's it's always you know you should never uh, if you're feeling burnt out again. You know, there's so many things um, like Alexander was saying. You can just Google uh, burnout and burnout help or burnout resources and go ask for some help. Uh, we're going to be right back and talk about some things that you can do if you are feeling burned out and some practices and how to practice some empowerment activities. That is um, right after our uh, last break here, where we give you some great resources. The first resource we want to let you know about is the uh, the law, American Bar Association's Law Practice Management section. Um, again, this is a Money Talk radio show, and we are slowly replacing um, some of our resources uh, as we go. But for, for any lawyers listening, again, the Law Practice Management section of the ABA, um, you receive a free subscription to Law Practice, which is a bi-monthly magazine dedicated to helping legal professionals master all aspects of the business of law practice. Again, uh, practice management is everything that is marketing, management, technology, and finance. We also want to uh, let you know about Law Bulletin Publishing Company. When you subscribe to the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and the Chicago Lawyer Magazine, you receive up-to-date legal news from Chicago and around Illinois. Also, you can check out the Law Bulletin blog, Attorneys in Transition, which offers advice and tips for lawyers going through career transition. Uh, it also hosts a monthly career seminar for lawyers in flux in their careers. Uh, I'm one of those uh, writers who writes the weekly advice columns uh, published by the Attorneys in Transition site, so I do hope that you stop by, visit, and leave your comments at attorneysintransition.com. Also, ProServe Public Relations offers secured solo practice consulting. This is a new uh, concept. This is our model that we are perfecting. Look soon for uh, more language about this and resources in the American Bar Association publications. Um, I work primarily, my, myself, Nick here, uh, with recent law graduates and also people coming from uh, bigger firms who are looking to make a change and maybe hang a shingle for the first time. Um, we have a good practice model here that helps people really get some traction to setting up these of counsel and affiliate relationships. So for more information, you can always call me, 312 Again, this Money Money Talk Radio show is a new show, an extension to the Law Talk Radio program on Tuesday at 4 o'clock Central. Um, again, since ProServe PR has split into serving law and finance industry clients, we look forward to bringing you a great topics. We have a whole list of wonderful speakers coming up on our Thursday Money Talk Radio show. Uh, let's get back now to today's guest. And we'll talk with Alexander Glumach a little more uh, about um, how to prevent some burnout. So how do we practice empowerment activities? Um, this is, of course, we recommend that you should always uh, see a professional if you have uh, concerns. But there are a few things that if we are uh, experiencing one of the maybe the earlier stages of burnout that we might be able to have some, uh, some self-help. So, Alexandra, what are some things we can do? Well, the first thing to remember is uh, that whole prevention uh, adage that we learned, a pound, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, prevent, prevent, prevent. So if you're just in those early stages, maybe you're in uh, the brownout stage or the awakening stage or something along those lines, uh, it's time to set in motion uh, some things uh, that you should do on a regular basis that can help keep you from uh, really going over into that full-scale burnout. Um, what I'm going to call this right now is natural speed, S-P-E-E-D. Um, S stands for sleep. Um, a lot of us burn the candles at both ends, and we are not getting the allotted number of sleep hours that we should be getting, which is eight hours. 
Um, now, some of us aren't wired to sleep eight hours, but others of us maybe are wired to sleep a lot more. But we really do need to be going to bed and getting up consistently um, and reasonably every day. Um, I was seeing years ago a um, uh, gentleman who is a chiropractor who also uh, – um, is they uh, um, I'm sorry, an expert in uh, Chinese medicine, and he always told me that for every hour that you go to bed after 10 o'clock takes an hour off of your life. Uh, they're big believers in going to bed early and getting to you know and getting up early. So I don't know how true that is, but uh, he was always go to bed by 10 o'clock, go to bed by 10 o'clock. I don't always follow that, but I but I aim for it. I, I should say that. So, you know, going to bed at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, not good. Getting to bed at a reasonable time and, and really stretching and, and trying to get those eight hours is, is very important. So that's the uh, S part of speed. Um, the P in speed is basically priorities and passion. Are those aligned in your mind with what you're doing? Are you really doing a job that you love? Are you doing what makes your heart sing? Uh, are you doing what brings you joy? Um, is it? Are you feeling passionate about what you do? Um, are, again, are you in line with those priorities? Because if the answer to those questions was no, 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 and no, then you might have to do some thinking. Well, you not might, you not might, you should uh, do some thinking about where that is. Because um, to avoid burnout, you want to be aligned with what makes you happiest. You want to be aligned with what truly, truly is your calling. Otherwise, you're just going to get the life sucked out of you, basically. Uh, the first E in speed is empathy. Um, being empathic for yourself, you know, really putting yourself as a priority. Uh, you know, it's just so important to, to put self-care as, as one of the, the most important things that you do next to taking care of your family and next to going to work and earning a living. Um, you know, being empathic for yourself really taking care of yourself. I can't say enough about that. And, you know, I hear, you know, again, my sister and, and with, with all the things that she's got going on and other you know, family members and my, my dearest friends who are running around with their kids too. But, 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 I hear. And I, and I keep saying, but your, your kid's going to end up visiting you in a hospital bed. Is that what you want? If, if you don't stop going, you know, going overboard, you have to take the time to take care of yourself. You know, that the example that they give when you fly anywhere these days is you have to secure that oxygen mask before you're, you know, for yourself before you do it for a child. This is the same, same thought process. You have to take care of yourself. You can't, you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have the energy and you don't have, um, you know, what it takes to be able to take care of others, um, or, for you know, if you don't have it for yourself, you're not going to have it for others. Uh, the second E in speed is exercise. Ugh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite things either uh, by, by any stretch. But maybe we can change that to movement, moving a little bit more. And that's what, I'm, what I said earlier about getting up and taking those little breaks, getting up from your desk and going and instead of bringing your coffee back to your desk go go have the coffee in the in the coffee room or go have it in a different part of the office or while the weather's still nice go outside and drink your coffee um get up and move instead of uh taking the stairs just or instead of taking the elevator take the stairs Instead of parking right outside your office door, uh, you know, park at the end of the parking lot. Do something little that just gets you moving. Uh, believe it or not, that any kind of movement like that releases those endorphins, and we start to feel better when we move a little bit more. 
And then finally, the D in speed is is our diet, uh, taking care of what we're putting in our bodies because what we put in our bodies is certainly going to have a um, direct effect on how we feel and what our energy level is and so on. So we want to uh, take away some of those artificial things that we put in our bodies and put in more natural things. You know, I'm not supporting any, you know, saying, oh, yeah, go be a vegetarian or a vegan or anything like that. But certainly we want to get more healthier foods into our blood system than some of the more artificial things that we that we use. So that's what the speed means, the um, natural speed. But I also want to talk about behaviors, other things that you can do um, to um, manage your burnout. Um, so we're talking about really stepping it up and, and um, going outside the box. So when I when I'm mentioning these things, these are especially things that we can do before we get into full scale burnout. Um, but one of the things that that I always find very helpful when I'm in that rut is doing something nice for somebody else. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to cost you money or anything like that. But even if you just send somebody, you know, a note that says, "Hey, I was thinking about you today. Just think you're great," or um, paying it forward. Um, is a big thing. Some of you may know the movie Pay It Forward. Um, I think it was Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt and um, the little kid from the uh, Sixth Sense movie, uh, Haley Joel Osment. Um, great movie, feel-good movie, although a little bit sad at the end, um, about uh, going out of your way to help somebody out. Even if it's just holding the door for somebody or um, you know, just going out of your way to compliment somebody, that actually does go a very long way uh, in helping other people. Um, one of the main things, that this is going to sound a little bit strange, but, but I really, really do um, feel very strongly about uh, this being a very useful tool for empowering ourselves, is while you're trying to fall asleep, and, and most of us are going over our day or we're thinking about the next day or we're um, you know, being, you know, going over something that's, that's upsetting us or whatever, instead of uh, doing all of that, let's use that time to create the next day in the way that we want it to go. So visualize as you're trying to fall asleep the accomplishment of the of a goal or the realization of a dream. If you're you know wanting to move into a new home, if you're trying to um, get a new job or buy a new car or find a mate or whatever it happens to be, um, as you're falling asleep, visualize it. Create a daydream. Create it in your mind, and and really allow yourself to to feel the excitement of of what that means. Um, imagine yourself getting that diploma and walking across the stage. Imagine the first day of moving into your new home. Imagine, you know, the feeling that you get in getting that promotion or whatever. And and really be cre creative in your imagining. And what happens is when you fall asleep, that's what's in your mind before you fall asleep. And it's it's almost, you know, and, and it's you'd, you'd rather take um, you know, you don't, you're not going to take a pill that's going to make you sick before you go to sleep. You're going to take something that's going to make you feel better. So why would you entertain negative thoughts that are going to keep you awake and make you feel miserable? So start training your mind to um, think in pictures and visualizing, again, the accomplishment of that goal. Uh, believe it or not, it actually can be very, very useful. And um, and that's something that, that I really uh, work on trying to do because I really would rather f wake up in the morning feeling better than feeling all the angst from the night before as I was trying to fall asleep. Makes so much sense. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, and it might, you might think, oh, that's really stupid, and, you know, it's it's up to you to decide whether something's stupid or not. But it really does make a difference in terms of how you feel when you wake up in the morning. Something else that, that, that I can't say enough about, and we, I already kind of alluded to this earlier, was um, meeting regularly with, with people, taking those breaks, making sure that you're you're staying connected with with the people who mean the most to you that that you are taking little you know day vacations or or 20 minute breaks even whatever it happens to be you have got to give yourself a break yeah. the work is always going to be there yeah you know? it'll always be there tomorrow we're almost out of time we want to thank you so much for um Absolutely. Alexander Glumach some contact information if anyone wants to get a hold of you oh absolutely you can email me at um alexandra a l e x a n d r a dot g like girl at comcast dot net all right thank you so much for being our guest today. oh it's my pleasure thank you nick i appreciate your time such good information to share i want to also thank all of our commercial sponsors and guests and listeners uh who tune into uh, these episodes of money talk radio and our law talk radio show on tuesday again the law talk and money talk radio episodes are programmed to entertain and bring you our legal and finance industry professionals as well as consumers and guests the tips tools and friends you can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. With our guests and listeners located worldwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share some collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine for Money Talk Radio, and as always, I thank you for your time. <laughs>